Hello, hello, hello. We are back with the Pursuit of Purpose. Tonight we have Mr. Kevin. Howdy. Mr. Cody. What's up? And myself, Nelson. We're here tonight. The trio. The tripod. We were trying to figure out, like, it's been it's been a minute, mm-hmm. Cody. Yeah. I think for me it was November. Man. This is season. like, it's like having a guest today. Yeah. It is. I mean, not really, but... But kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. We kind of put our guests on a spot sometimes, so just prepared. Hey, I'm ready for it. And if it's Cody, we just put him on the spot anyway, <laughs> anyway so right? it like works <laughs> yeah. against him in both both ways. For sure, so. yeah. <laughs> how's how's cop life, my friend? It's it's going. We've been pretty busy. Um, yeah, pretty busy. We should uh, we should. Um, we should do like the bad boys theme whenever Cody shows up. <laughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys, bad boys? So is it, it's been busy up in Wilmington. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's been I figured it'd slow down in the winter, but it usually does. But it's like the first part of winter, and then things pick up, pick, and people get bored. And, and yep, yeah, yep. Well, I hate. To I was gonna that. say it's too cold for people to be out running around. You, you would think, stuff. but not They're anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah, if there's something they can do to create crime, they create it. That's, <laughs> if so. they could only put that effort into something positive, productive. <laughs> Dude, we do the we do Kairos. We go in there, and these guys tell stories about like just things they invent and things they do, mm-hmm. like recipes, even like with the little bit of like commissary they can get or. It is absolutely mind-boggling to hear some of the things these guys are able to do. Oh, yeah. And I'm just sitting... It, it's the same thing. You're just sitting there thinking to yourself, man, if you just applied just a little bit of that energy to something like productive, you could really make a an incredible business out of this yeah. or something. Yeah. And... <laughs> the will they have to get to the end result that they want. Yes. I mean, I don't know if the greatest athlete has that kind of a will. It's just this, and we all have it. I mean, Nelson and I were talking about before we got here, Cody, like, you know, when it comes to like spiritual discipline in your life, like we sit here and we know, okay, like I need to read my Bible. I need to spend time in prayer. I need to like commit to you know, meditating on the word of God and like really focus on that. Okay. But then what do we do when we get home in the mm-hmm. evenings? Right. Sit like on the, the couch, fir- watch TV. That's the first thing we do. Yep. We know. And while we're sitting there distracting ourselves, we know, man, there's a hundred things I could be doing right now that actually probably would actually make me feel good. Right. Instead of this thing that's going to just make me feel blah. Mm-hmm. But th- we just get sucked into that thing that we shouldn't do. It's like Paul talks about. He says, um, he says, uh, you know, my flesh, you know, you know, almost like sucks him into doing the things that he doesn't want to do, even though he knows what he should do. And we all do that. So the crime prison gives us a extreme of that, but we're all guilty, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most we're all guilty. You're coaching too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Got a, uh, well, I've got a third grade daughter and a sixth grade daughter. I keep the book for the sixth grade daughter. And um, third grade, I'm telling you what, it's it's teaching me a lot more patience than I'd... <laughs> I... I walked I, in on this practice tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, like, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, well, just... it's, it's, you know, I've got to the point where, like, I mean, the parents are great. 
I got great parents. Right, right. And, you know, and the kids are really good kids. It's just they're third grade. Yeah. And people start coming into the gym for this peewee cheer thing. And all these girls, their eyes go. And squirrel. Look, yep, squirrel. <laughs> and I said, I looked, I, I yelled, I was like, if your eyeballs aren't looking at me, I'm, we're taking last for every eyeball that's not looking at me. They all went back at me. <laughs> and we finished the practice. But yeah, it's a whole new different level of patience. Um, it. The other thing I noticed tonight, and the difference between your best players and yes. your your you're essentially the not yeah the, the the your average players is at that age i didn't realize it's it was astronomical that significant. yeah it it's, is it's a big deal yeah well in in third grade i mean you you have a second grade daughter i mean yeah. certain kids develop a lot quicker in those elementary years and and some of the kids who aren't developed they they're just natural athletes right i mean their parents have worked with them whatever not saying that these parents haven't no, it's I, just yeah it's just you know that's it's who they are and what they are. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I I have, I think I have 12 girls and, um, I've got some girls that are just really good ball players. I've got girls that have a heart of a giant. They can't shoot a basketball, (laughs) but I love them. And they're, they're an asset to our team. And then I have girls that I'm not sure what's going on in their head half the time. (laughs) So, um, have either you read, um, Malcolm Gladwell's book outliers? I have not. Oh my gosh, you guys need to check this out. Yeah. It is a it's an, it's a good read for one thing. So like it like it'll keep your attention, but he talks about he, he, he he's trying to figure out what makes certain individuals exceptional. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I you know, you always hear this argument like younger kids in a class are going to struggle, you know, um whereas like kids that are older you know, if you hold them back or whatever reason, mm. they're gonna, they're gonna, they're just gonna, they're gonna do better. Mm. Well, he takes it a step farther, and he looks at the elite of the elite, and he so he checks out like Canada and their hockey team and their like elite young teams that come up, and they start at ten years old. The cutoff is January. Okay, the January first is the is if you're if you're not born. If you're if you're ten and you're born like at the beginning, of January, you're the oldest kid, right? Mm. But then it's all of kids after that. That's your cutoff date. On this, the championship teams for both sides, like you have like five or six kids born in January, like three or four in February, like a few in March, and then like maybe one the rest of the month. Like you know, like maybe a couple March, April, May. You have a couple, but then it's none. Mm-hmm. And so he follows this in school. He follows this in, in all these different sports and all these different things. It is incredible. And and he says, that what he says about it, and, and this is just something like, this is just a side note. This is like a rabbit hole that we've just completely crawled in. <laughs> so we might as well like commit fully, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. But like the thing that he says that's just, that just blows me away is like, it's not something where these other kids will eventually catch up. It doesn't work like that. They'll always be lagging a year. Well, think or... about it. Okay, so they pick you pick your teams mm-hmm. for this elite league. Okay, and and then the cutoff dates there. So who are you going to take? I'm going to take the strongest. You know, they all have been working towards the same goal, so they're all good. Sure, right? But you got these bigger kids. They're stronger. They're more developed mentally, physically. Okay, so you take them. What do you do? Okay, you put them in the best competition 
with the most amount of work. So they're going to get the most leagues to play in, the most specialized practices, the best coaches, and and they're going to have all of that as they go forward. How are these kids that are getting put in these other leagues that are not as good ever going to get to a place where they can compete with those guys? It's not going to happen. Sure. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But but we do the same thing in our school systems. Yep. Yep. You know, and they, they told us at the beginning of the year, like, hey, every kid plays. And I 100% agree with that. Right. Um, but, you know, I told the parents at the beginning of the season, I was upfront and honest. I said, you know, if you're keeping tally of who plays how many minutes, I said, you can do that. But I can tell you right now, some kids are not going to get to play as right. many minutes. Right. And I said, a lot of that's going to dictate on attitude and practice, period. I know we're in third grade, but... You know, that's that's something that I want to see effort. And so some of the kids that get to play a lot, they're not my best players. They just, like I said, have, have a heart of a giant. And if I say, I need you to go in and box this girl out, I don't need you to do anything else. They'll do that, and they're good at that. So that's, you know, but I think that's what makes good teams in any sport is knowing your role and and, and executing it. So I've got scorers. i got a ball handler, just one. We need one more, but – Dude, I'll suit up for you, Coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, we'd probably win the National League in third grade if there is one. <laughs> it's, it's 2022. I mean, yeah. we, I mean can, we can work something yeah. out. <laughs> I declare myself as a third-grade female. <laughs> oh, man. That, that better was, cha- we better change the topic. We better go quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, little quick news here. I mean, around here, what we got, it's cold. And it's going to be colder, and then it'll snow some more, and it'll be cold again. Isn't it amazing how, like, you start a day at 6 degrees, and if it gets up to 20, like, I'm outside working, mm-hmm. and when it gets up to 20, I'm like, man, it's getting hot. I'm starting to shed, shed layers. layers. Yeah. You take the same clothes, you know, when it's, like, you know, 80 all week, and then it drops down to, like, 60, and yep. you're, like, putting all that stuff back on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that first cold weather is, like, super cold, and that first hot weather is super hot. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll be in 50 in a T-shirt and windows yep. down. Right, right. But speaking of cold, they ran a marathon in Siberia recently. Take, was, a, take a guess on the temperature. Minus 10 with a negative 26 degrees wind chill. Not even close. Whoa, come on, like colder? Yeah. Come on. I'm negative 30? Negative 63. The previous record was negative 30. Isn't that like... Dangerous? Yeah, like yeah. frostbite. But I mean, I'm figuring Siberia, that, that's... They, I Did mean, anybody die? I didn't read that far, to be honest. <laughs> that's what the news is. What, that's what we want. Yeah, we want to know if somebody died or not. <laughs> like, who cares about the well, marathon? And then, then you know, there was a woman in Australia that was deciding to, you know, eat a little healthier for the new year and bought a bag of broccoli from the Aldi store. Found a live scorpion in it. Nice. That'll shut you down. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. I think I'd go get a cheeseburger from McDonald's if yeah. that was the case. Yeah. yeah. Which there might be scorpion in that, too. Who knows? But it is Australia, but... It is, there the is a scorpion in that, but it's a different kind of a scorpion. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Kill but. you from the inside. That, that was the quick news wrap up for the week. I didn't find anything too serious. Not looking for it this week. So. <laughs> oh, and I think what, the Bengals are still in it. Yeah. Yes. You have 90 seconds. <laughs> We spent the last 15 minutes before the <laughs> podcast started just rattling information off. Yep. And, Dude, I was, and I was staring at the wall. I we, no we, we've been talking about this. Like, um, one of the things that's been interesting has been um, all the new Bengals fans. Mm-hmm. I Great. I embrace it. Like, it's been so long. We've, we've been the Bungles for, for, for too long. Yep. So, great. I'm glad, you know, um, people are... You know, seeing this team and 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 rooting for them, I'm getting excited. But that has you know. been a little bit difficult at the same time. Yes, 
because they haven't earned, you know, they haven't earned it. (laughs) Well, I would say that, like, I was, I was thinking in my my random thoughts I do some days. I thought, like, what was the difference between Zach and Marvin Lewis as a coach? Because I liked Marvin Lewis. Oh, dude, me too. I thought he was a heck of a coach. Here's the thing, though, Cody. Like, how could you not win? what we had come through the right. years before that. Like, everybody would say, oh, Marvin Lewis, this. Or I'm like, listen, if you're yeah. saying Marvin Lewis, then you didn't start being a fan until five years ago because ten years, bef- like five years before that, yeah. we were miserable. We were winning two and three and four games a year yeah. every single year. When Marvin Lewis showed up, we had winning seasons every single year. I'll take a winning season because we had nothing before that. Right. But, but I, you're right. I, but I think what the my opinion is, other than, like I said, both of them are good coaches, they both have assets to the team in different ways like Marvin's more of a defensive minded coach Zach's more of an offensive minded coach Mm -hmm. but I think the biggest difference that I've seen is Zach has his players bought in Mm -hmm. to his philosophy now Marvin was a player's coach but Marvin's players there was a select group of them that kind of it was all about me and I'm going to do what I want to do for myself and it reflected the 2015 playoffs like where they're Doing uh, personal fouls and all that other other stuff, where you you see Zach's team, the least penalized team in the NFL. Um, you know they're all close knit. I mean, it's just it's really cool to see. You know that's that's what makes, in my opinion, I think that's what makes teams really good when you have that. The other thing that I think, and and I think Marvin Lewis's career could have went a completely different direction, is if Carson Palmer doesn't go down with yeah. a knee injury. Yeah. Because you had a quarterback who had it in Carson Palmer at that time sure. before that knee injury. Mm-hmm. After that knee injury, he was not the same. Yeah. Now he went down and he and he had. I mean, he's still a great quarterback. Still had a great arm. Still had, you know. I mean, have you ever watched his like football life? The football life. Mm-mm. You should check it out. Carson Palmer's is. I just cry every time I watch it because I just I loved Carson Palmer. Yeah. Andy Dalton was never that. No. As much as I loved Andy Dalton, like he was never that. But if if Carson Palmer doesn't go down with that knee injury. We win that game. I, I really, you could be writing a completely different script to that Bengals. Yeah, because because did, didn't they go to the Super Bowl Pittsburgh that year? I can't remember. They did they win the Super Bowl that year? I can't remember. I, they, it was right around that year. Is that they, the year that they knocked off uh, Arizona with the Santonio Holmes? I can't remember. I can't either. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I'm sorry. Yeah, we got to move on. Yeah, we got to move on. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) We could really talk. We should have more time for the Bengals, though, because it's AFC Championship this weekend. You all can meet up next week. Mm -hmm. I was one years old in a diaper last time they went to the AFC. Were you? Mm -hmm. um, Last time Bengals uh, played in a Super Bowl. Um, they had this special dessert they had. I remember as a kid because it was really good, mm-hmm. but I ate way too much, and then I, I almost threw up, and I like got, I did not want to touch that dessert anymore. I can't remember what it was called, but there's a special dessert they came up with for the Bengals to celebrate the Bengals, and everybody was eating it. And hmm. that's, I do remember that. That's cool. I don't remember anything else. But I what, was, what year was that? 85, 86, 84, something like that. Uh, wasn't it like later? Wasn't it like 87, 88, 89? 
what it was 90 no it was 90 because that 90. was because the reds went to the world series 90. and they went 90. to the super bowl yes because i would i would have been eight or nine at yeah. the time so yeah yeah then boomer sison was yep. the boomer sison and he lost the to the 49ers wins. which could potentially be the matchup that would be crazy that'd be like awesome. except for we wouldn't lose the all right 49ers. let's let's focus okay, okay, focus okay. we gotta go on thank focus. you nelson Sermon. he said he was gonna keep us he was gonna keep us in line <laughs> and he's doing his job we're going to talk all this much, and they're going to go out there and lay an egg and lose by 30. <laughs> Listen. Hey. We made it. We, we made it. AFC Championship game. It's like the like, Dumb and Dumber movie. We're there, man. <laughs> We're there. So we'll uh, do a quick review slash uh, com- uh, just discussion of the sermon on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Continue on with the st- Stuck in the Rut. Yeah, we're, yeah. we are – in a series that we're we're calling Stuck in a Rut, where we're talking about just these times in our life where we kind of get in a funk, where we kind of get in this, I mean, place where we don't feel like we're moving. Like, we feel like we're spinning our wheels. I feel like, you know, it's just the same old day in, day out, you know, and how a lot of times, like, we just want to kind of sit and be in that, but... I don't believe that's that's the place. I, I really feel like it's a time for us to say, hey, how do we break out of this? How do we how do we get out of this? How do we how do we engage and move into like a place where we continue to grow and move forward? And so um, that's kind of what the series is is the idea. of The series is and th- and then, but in this week's seri- sermon, we were talking about doubts, and I just I thought, okay, like here's here's a topic that. There's a lot of practical things that we could break down about this because just the over, the the general basis of like what the sermon was about is, is hey listen like we have doubts and when those doubts come like what do we do um, we all are going to doubt doubt is not necessarily a bad thing but at the end of the day like like it's going to come up like there's going to be doubts and how we need to be doubting but but we can't just settle with. Well, this this answer or that answer, like it's not really going to fulfill that that you know to like to answer those things for us and get us to a place where like we can we can break through this and and come to like a deeper, more committed faith. And so, what does that look like, and and how do we do that? And and the way that I thought we could maybe break it down more is just to like for us to talk about what does doubt look like for you and for me. And, and I think there's, you know, I can just think like, look, even going around the room right now, like we've talked about some really big things in our life, but, and, and I'm not saying we don't like hit on those things, especially if like, that's where your mind's going, like, cause we have this conversation, but, but here's, here's, here's the other side I want, I, I want to deal with because just in a practical general way, just like we talked about, you know, when we were kind of starting this, you know, there are these things that we know we should do that we don't do because I think we doubt that God could truly fulfill us like sitting down at the end of the day and vegging out can do. And so I even want to get kind of even more specific in like just every day, the everyday doubt that kind of creeps in. The doubt that comes when we look at our paycheck and we look at like what we're trying to do and where we're trying to get and we think, are we going to be able to make it? 
I'm talking about like the doubt that we have when, you know, we're raising kids and, and we're making all these mistakes and we're thinking, are we going to screw them up? You know, <laughs> I'm thinking about like the doubt of, you know, relationships that come and friendships that come and, and, and responsibilities that come that we're letting people down in and, and like, you know, how does that play out? What, it, what, what, what goes through our mind in this thing? Like, let's really break that down and look at that. Let's be specific. And I think maybe even a little vulnerable in this, but like break that down and just kind of, kind of see where that takes us is kind of what I was thinking for, for our time tonight. Now, who's going to start? <laughs> We're both looking at each other, me and Nelson. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I doubt I'm going to go first. Yeah, I mean, like, because I've listened to the sermon a couple times, trying to like kind of put it my it, myself in the same place, and you use the reference of uh, Thomas as the doubter, mm-hmm. um, which you know sparked because I was like, there's something else I remembered about Thomas, and it was. I, I had to look it up, but it's in John where they, he, he wanted to go back with Jesus to Judea, even though after Lazarus had passed, right? Say, say it again. So like they want, they wanted to go back to Judea, Judea and then Jesus had been threatened to be stoned and things of that nature. And Thomas was one of the ones that stepped up and says, we'll go with him and we'll die with him. So he was the brave guy then, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I'm usually the one, and I'm not saying you're wrong because I, I just I don't that specific passage is not coming to mind. Usually, the one that like is like that is like Peter is usually the one that's always standing up and saying, "Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to fight." You know yeah. all this stuff. I I don't I don't know specifically. I mean, that's fine. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right either. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's. I mean, uh, Lazarus died, and for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but. Let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin and said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with there him. There you go. That's uh, John eleven hmm. sixteen. Wow. So at one point, you know, he showed his true commitment to Christ and his belief in everything that he was doing. And even though later on there's a doubt in his beliefs, it doesn't necessarily disregard everything else that he's done. You know, like it's just part of his development as a follower of Christ that, you know, he's working through all this too, you know, um, personally in my life right now, like with a federal job, there's always this continuous seed planted that things are going to change and things are going to shut down and things are going to close. And then you're not going to have a job in this. And the rumor mills running crazy at my job currently, but mm-hmm. there's a new, uh, administration initiative for veterans affairs to consolidate and efficient and streamline, which we all know what streamlining means. That means things are going to get chopped. Mm-hmm. And so this rumor mill is running around my department. And it's an affecting it in a negative way where people are super stressed out about it. And as of right now, I'm, I've been able to at work, you know, say like, it's going to be okay. Whatever happens happens. But in the back of my head, there's some doubt is God going to, you know, like what's God going to provide me with to provide for my family at that point. And so, like, currently that's a doubt that I have where it's like I want to be strong and I want to say to my coworkers who aren't followers of Christ, like, there's going to be a plan. There's going to be somebody, something out here that, like, you know, like, do I? But 
in my own brain, the wheels start turning. Yeah. And they get in your own way and you get in your own way. And then you think, well, do I, you know, like, what can I do? And, and that's absolutely the wrong thing because I'm going to probably make the wrong decision and I need to set it at God's feet and, and say, where do you, where do you want me to lead me? You know? And, and so like currently in my life, that's the doubt that I have is just to, you know, it's, you feel like every, you know, when you have a job, you have a solid foundation and that's just not true. Um, at all times and, but your solid foundations in Christ. So you do, but when it comes down to the paycheck and the benefits and taking care of your family, it's hard to just let go of your own, uh, pride to say that you can do that. I think there's even like this drive, like for accomplishment and this drive to, to create and this, this, this drive as men, to not just provide, but to create a an environment where where we don't have to worry about co- an environment of like confidence and strength and stability, and even like you know, even I mean, I I I just feel like ingrained in all of us is this this desire to 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 build an empire, whatever that is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, we all have that, and it's finding that thing that 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 pushes us to do that. But then like having the healthy understanding as you look at that to like, okay, I want to climb this ladder. You know, I want to create this kind of a business. I want it to be this big. I want, I want it to increase. I want it to grow. I want it to expand. I want it to, you know, and whatever. I I think for some it's, you know, financial security for others. It's the power that comes you know, from, from being able to do that or the prestige of that or what it looks like, or we all want that. But at the end of the day, like we all have like a place where we fit in this whole scheme where God can use us. And, and it's fighting, it's fighting that mentality to say that at the end of the day, like I don't really live for what I accomplish in this world but in the world to come, you know, like in this world, it's, it's just as, as Paul talks about to live as Christ, to die as gain. And saying that is one thing, but actually like pushing that down in your heart in all these different areas that we face when things like that come is a really difficult thing to do. Like it's really hard to do because the world continues to throw this stuff in front of us of like, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to feel. This is what you're supposed to be able to accomplish. And then, you know, it, it, we're always comparing ourselves to the next guy. You know, it's not, you know, we look way out and we say, you know, I'm I'm never going to get there. But then we're looking at the guy next to us and saying, but I can I can beat that and I need to beat that and I need to be bigger than that and I need to get get go further than that. Like, and and I think there's a healthy competitiveness that can come. But then I think there's, you know, there's this balance we have to find to where we say like, yes, but what are my reasons? And if the reason for doing it is self-serving rather than God-serving, and then here's the, here's the other one, okay? And this makes it even more nuanced, right? And then... Am I just saying that it's God serving because I want it <laughs> or, or, or am I, is it truly 
is it truly in my heart of hearts that where it is? <sighs> that's where the like, like that's where this doubting stuff like plays out in my heart in my mind, like in in the biggest way, you know. I don't know. Cody thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like Nelson. I work in a political governmental office as well, and and so there's. I'm sure you can probably attest to this like you already have. There's rumors, there's conversations that you get sucked into so easy. And, and, and you know, especially being a police officer and me being in healthcare, like, for me, part of, pick, you know, picking that career, you know, was it'll always be there. Yeah. You know, and, like, it's, it's like you just had this false confidence and then you get wrapped up in it and then you go, oh, wait, this is bigger. Right. You know? and, yeah. and, and, well, yeah, and, and that, honestly, that's – when when we talk when we discuss this topic like that's that's what i that's what i was thinking because you know you go through these hills and valleys in jobs like this and you know i've been in a valley for a while with this job and so it's just you know when's it going to end and and uh you get to a point where it's like if i if we can just get to this part or just accomplish this you know i'm not going to get the full meats and potatoes what's going on but if we can just get to this point we'll be fine Mm. and i'll be fine but in reality, I know when I look at it in a perspective of down the road, I know that there's going to be another obstacle obstacle to mm-hmm. climb. And so I've went from doubting completely a lot of things in my job and to like where do I need to fit in in this piece to be Christ-like? And that's tough. That's a, that's that's you know when 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 you work in that kind of environment where people doubt every day, all day long, yeah. and no matter what you tell them, they're cops. They know better than everybody. They're they're smarter than everybody. Um, you know, it's a tough it's a tough situation. But like you said, I mean, I've got Christ as as my foundation, and not using that as like what Kevin said, like with Christ, all things are possible. Like that's not my mentality. Even though, even though that is true, um, you know, I'm just trying to take it day by day in that circumstance. But you know, it, and personally as well, like I've got a preteen, she's 12 and Paige and I constantly are talking back and forth. Like, are we doing the right things? Are we allowing enough to create, um, a little bit of vulnerability for her because she's going to have to experience life a little bit now, but not too much. Like where there's not a book that's written that says for each individual kid, right? <laughs> there might be books written, yeah, but yeah. Paisley is unique. If yeah. you know Paisley, yeah. she is a unique girl, very intelligent, super sweet. Me and and right now the season the season of her life in aspect of who's the coolest is me. I don't know why. I have no idea why, but I'm the coolest person in her life right now, and. um but yeah, so she's like, she's got this cell phone, which I didn't agree with, but her dad bought for her, so, you know. But it's a good disciplinary thing. Instead of having to whip her or whatever, take her phone, that's worse. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just like we're constantly talking about, like, like I'll come home and talk some, about some work stories, um, things I've had to investigate or whatever, and Paige will say, do you think we should allow Paisley to, to be on this social media app after, after knowing this? You know, so it's just kind of like, we're constantly doubting or we're, we're, we're worrying about like it or is what we're doing the right thing. And so, yeah, that, I mean, I, I, you know, when you say the word doubt, man, like if you really just look at your life, we doubt 
a lot of things. I mean, financial things. I mean, it's just, I can go on and on to everything that I've doubted um, in the last month or so. So. Let me, let me, you'd said, uh, you, you, you talked about, hey, listen, get to the next thing, get to the next thing. Tell me this. Because <laughs> it just, as you're saying this, this is all I can think about. When I was in elementary school, I'm thinking to myself, if I could just get, if I was just this old mm-hmm. and I could just do this thing, or when I got into middle school, if when I get to high school, or when I get to high school, when I get to college, or when I get to co- college, when I get done with college, that we we live our lives like that. Right. Until we finally wake up, turn around and say, what was it all for? Right. Yeah. You know, here, here's the thing, and we, and we talk, and because I really do feel like when our biggest doubts come in the form of expectations of our life unfulfilled, you know, you know, at the end of the day, like, yes, there are big things. If we're talking from a spiritual standpoint, great loss in our life has probably created some of the the biggest doubt we have. Mm -hmm. God, are you really out there? I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not undermining that, but I, I I don't think that I think for this podcast, I don't want to deal with that. We've dealt with that Mm -hmm. a lot and we, and we will again, I'm not saying never talk about that again. I'm just saying, but, in the, in the most basic general way, the the greatest doubts that we experience are in the realms of things on a day in day out, you know, uh, in just rhythm. Like the the greatest doubts we're experiencing are within ourselves and our failure to realize some of the things that we've kind of placed there for ourselves. But but here's this is what I've constantly seen, and and this is the beauty of. A relationship with God. This is the beauty of like our future. Every time I've got to that thing that I I said, if I get there, then mm-hmm. every time I've got there, I'm left unsatisfied. And the most fun I had was fight the fight to get to that actual place. Yep. But we won't, and this is just a reminder for us, but we won't stop. And embrace the crap, embrace the struggle, embrace that time because you, you talk to all, even, even older people, they'll tell you like with your kids, you're struggling right now with your kids. Are we doing this right? Are we doing that right? Are we do what we need to do is stop and say, you know what? There is a lot of stress and there are a lot of difficulties here, but at the end of the day, this, I just need to enjoy this time mm-hmm. as difficult as it is. This is going to be the most fun of my life, and I need to stop and enjoy it. Because when we get there, when she's out of the house, all we're going to be able to think about is the struggle to get to this point. And we're going to be happy about that, but it's never going to do what we want. And that's why I think, like from a business standpoint, from an occupation standpoint, like we need to embrace the crap of what it is. Because once we get past this point, like, yeah, we think it's going to bring this relief, and it might. But the struggle and the fight to get there is going to be the most memorable and incredible time. And we're going to look back and, and remember that after the point instead of embracing it during. Yep. That funny quick story about like you were saying, embracing that period of time. Paige and I always laugh because we used to live in that apartment above her hair salon. <laughs> and, you know, I, I vividly remember Paisley coming out with a pair of SpongeBob 
pajamas on and the legs the bottom part of her legs were reaching like her shins <laughs> and i was in the police academy and um we just had lincoln so we had you know, three kids in this little apartment and i remember like the goal was if i could just get to be, get a cop job we're gonna we're gonna buy a house and be fine right <laughs> well eventually we get a house we're fine but we look back at that, and I told Paige, I said, you know, I would give anything to go back because yeah. that was some of the funnest. We did, we we ate ramen noodles. Nobody cared. Like we didn't care. We didn't we didn't go out. We didn't got to eat very much. We just we spent time together. It was oh, it was it was a good time. They call that, and I don't know what book it is because my mom's reading it, and she was just trying to explain it to me. They call that the blue zone. Yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard referred to that? Mm-mm. So they try to find these areas where we're most satisfied, most fulfilled in life, and they say in homes where, you know, they're small and you're bumping up against each other and and you're you're in front of each other all the time. You can't get away. There's no privacy. Like that, you truly are creating like blue zones, like a real small kitchen where you're all cooking together and doing that. It's a blue zone. It's a time where like we're really experiencing like a togetherness and a and a unity that like we were designed for, but we we we're always trying to get away from. Right. You know, in in our culture, our culture is always trying to push us away from those mm-hmm. those blue zones. And even like just in life, you know, like there are times where like we get in these funks, and instead of like, you know, I think about this. Okay, so. Every time we're getting ready to do this, like the day of, I'm trying to figure out all these excuses why not to show up, right? Why to? Why should we cancel? Why? Should, I know that sounds horrible, and I'm, you know, this is just, I'm just bearing it all here, okay? But then when I show up and I'm here, it's the most life I feel all week. Mm-hmm. It's the most alive. It's the most fulfilling time. You just us having a conversation, and it reminds me, like this is what it's all about. Why do we try to avoid these? I think culture pushes away from it. I think the enemy pushes us away from it. But when we experience it, and I think it is a it is a reminder that we should be seeking these times out. Like, don't run away from people. Like, we should be running to people, mm-hmm. and we don't. Even if we're introverts, like, there's got to be this healthy running to people that, that we do. And when we do, we'll be fulfilled in that. Mm-hmm. Nelson? <clears throat> no, I, uh, what, just like, it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, like, you know, come Thursday morning, it's like, oh, I've got so much going on. It's this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting to hear that it's not just me. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I, I'm 100% full honesty. Like, before I walked out of the house tonight, I told Taylor, I was like, man, I just, I just want to stay home. I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. Yep. And, you know, five minutes after getting here, after we get the heat turned on in this little room, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited that I'm here. And yeah. like, and I know that... These are like conversations that have lifted me up through like f- through the past two years, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've I've relied on them and I've focused on them, and they've developed me as a Christian. And so, like, y- you're right. I mean, it's just these 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 seem insignificant things, but getting together and just conversating because the enemy doesn't want us to do this. Mm-mm. He doesn't want to. He wants us to be at home watching TV. And not even talking to each other. Yep. That's that's his goal. And then and then we just focus on ourselves. And then that leads to focusing on what he wants. Mm-hmm. And then um, so you're I mean dead on on that one for sure. I mean it's 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 something I think we all struggle with. And you know and um, but I haven't I have yet to leave here disappointed in the past two years of doing this for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, let let me get now. Let's get, get into some just random. Let me throw some stuff at you. Mm. Biggest doubt that you've had, not with Christianity, because you know at the end of the day, like probably for most of us, like doubting God is not going to exist. Not not at least in the biggest. I mean, yes, there is doubt that comes. Yes, you like, but at the end of the day, like you know, like that that one. That one's hard to do, okay? But what about this one? Biggest letdown and doubt created by church, and that is people. People are the church um, who are so-called Christians. And how did it affect you? And how did you get to a place where you finally were able to kind of break through and overcome that? What did it take? I would say that for me... Because I've only been committed my entire life committed to two churches, um, my first church when I was growing up, uh, and then here at Leesburg Church of Christ. And looking at it now in a perspective as an adult, I think the development that that church that I initially went to had an opportunity to develop. I mean, they did. Like, don't get me wrong; they preached a lot of the same things, taught a lot of the same things that we do here at Leesburg. But there was also there was a significant difference in the emphasis of religion versus relationship. Yeah. And you know, and even to this day, I've you know, I still love the people that go there. There's people that I know that still go to that church, love them to death. A lot of good people there, but things that conversations that I've had or just see through Facebook. Um, you know, it's just, they still have this emphasis on religion. Like if you do this, you're going to hell, you know? Um, and that was always instilled in my mind until I came here, you know, I'd, why are you doing this? I can't go to church if this happens, because if I do this, that means I'm going to hell, you know? And so Mm -hmm. when I met people that were able to enlighten me a little bit more and, and, you know, and I was willing to listen and learn, I was like, wow, man, that's a big letdown. You know, that's, that sucks. So I would say that would probably be from a church perspective, yeah. Just a feeling of maybe and 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 maybe self-imposed as much as anything of not be not being good enough. Um, do you think from from some of those maybe religious um, labels or things that you put on yourself because of maybe just the way that they taught something. Yeah. I, Not that it was necessarily them purposefully trying to, you know, mess you up, but it just, it happens when it's taught a certain way or said a certain way. It, 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 we can imply things that maybe create religion versus relationship. Yes. And, you know, once, once we left that church as a family, um, and then I kind of went up, you know, grew up and started my own life away from my mom and dad, you know, that memory of how they brought me up in that church shied me away from going to church. You know, there's other factors of that. And, you know, I, I take blame for a lot of things, a lot of reasons why I didn't go to church, but that was part of it. It was, you know, I selfishly have things that I want to do. And if I do certain things, then according to what I know, I'm just going to go to hell for this. Mm -hmm. So why even waste anybody's time or my time? You know, that was, that was my mindset years ago. Um, you know, and obviously I met Paige, met people here at this church, uh, became a member here and my perspectives obviously changed. Are there Um, anything like any specific like stories, like you could say, like here was like a, like a, a point where like I went from this to this and it was just kind of a, 
a breaking point for me. Like it was a, it was a pivotal moment for me. It was, it was a conversation. It was a thing that happened that, you know, you know, while I all, there was a bunch of things that played out to get me this place. Like this was one that would just sticks with me, you know, that, that maybe meant a lot. Is there anything specific you can think of in that regard? Yeah. I would say that it was my conversation with Greg Abbott in 2019. I believe it was around May. You know, just we had this, and he he'd been working on me. I and and if if you know Greg, he's really good about working on people <laughs> that he you know that maybe God leads him to work on. You yeah. know, and and he's good at that. Yeah. And so, um, and he's my cousin, so I could say his name on here. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, he just really wasn't he wasn't attacking me, but he was really just pursuing me challenging. And, and challenging. And and you know, he's seen that I had two girls and a wife who loves this church and I really wasn't bought in. I, I came here, went through the motions, but as soon as you were done saying the prayer at the end of the service, boy, I was out that door not wanting to say hi to anybody because I'm an introvert and Paige is not. <laughs> so uh but yeah he he really worked and worked on me and challenged me and and I don't remember what conversation exactly he, we had with, there was numerous conversations, but it was a, a consistent, steady, steady challenge of being a godly figure to to my daughters, you know, and giving them somebody here on earth to look up to, even though I'll never be as good as their true right. father. Right. And, um, you know, that, that for me was something like, man, I really, cause my girls were getting, you know, they were still little, but they're, and they're still little, but they're. Paisley's 12. So what, three years ago, she was nine. So I knew that life was going to start changing pretty quick in the next few years. And so I needed to have that steady in my home and that father figure, um, that, that Christ's leader in home. I mean, their mom's a really good leader. Um, but when you have daughters or even boys, but daughters, especially, you know, daughters need their dad. And, and so I wanted to be that example for him and I'm not perfect, still make mistakes, but uh, yeah, that was probably the pivotal moment for me. And I think, you know, one of the things I've said when I've talked about parenting is just try. Just try. You know, just, I mean, we're never going to get it right, but like, if you try, God in his incredible grace is going to make up for all the idiot mistakes we make. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think... I, I think that applies in a lot of other areas too. Mm-hmm. Like I think it applies in just our life being spiritual leaders, you know, and doing those things. Like we will fail that more than we will succeed in that. <clears throat> but like let's not give up. Just try. Just keep keep trying to dig yourself out of that rut. You know, I mean, it's a reliance on God absolutely, but it's let's let's not give up. Like let's not throw the towel in. Let's like let's keep let's keep taking forward steps. Right. Um, just try. <laughs> yeah. Nelson, what about you, man? Uh, I think, you know, the biggest, I guess the doubt created by the church, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of it's my own doing, um, because I wasn't pursuing it. But like after I was saved and I was in high school, like it was a tight knit youth group, you know, we were actively involved in school and, you know, like, and we were all close knit group. And then after I left, so I left in 2000 and I didn't come, you know, I didn't move here until 2016, start coming here 16, 17 ish. So, I mean, there's a big span there where I wasn't engaged in a church and I wasn't engaged in a church family. And I did go to church irregularly, not consistently, but I was never pursued to say, 
Like, where, where are you? Like, you know, and I, I, and I, what did you like? So just let me just pry a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So in that time, like, what did you feel like just on a Sunday morning or just in a time where normally like somebody would be pursuing that? Like, what was it like? Did you, did you feel like, Hey, listen, like there is this need for this thing that I'm not, that I'm not getting or going after. Like. And I mean, it sounds very juvenile and very like, I just want a friend kind of moment, you know, but like, I mean, Taylor and I, we've discussed that when I moved up here, cause I left, you know, a close knit group of friends in Kentucky and then moving up here, it was kind of like, I was lost. I mean, there were nights that I cried, you know, with Taylor, like, was like, I just, I don't have anybody to call and, you know, like, of course I can always call my wife, but sometimes you guys know, you just want to talk to a buddy. Like yeah. you don't, I mean, like you just want to talk about whatever, but like, on those Sundays, there were times where it was just like, I didn't even feel noticed, you know, and, and that's, and it's personal and it's, and it's my own doing and the enemy putting it in, planting that seed and I'm letting it grow instead of, and what's the setting for this? Where? Like churches in, in the Louisville area, you know, like, cause I would bounce from here to there just to try to find like, where do I fit in here? And then I would make an excuse of like, oh, work's real busy. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't. You know, I'm too tired or, you know, this and it and it took. I had to get out of my own way to build those relationships so that like now if if there's a a month span, I don't show up at this church, somebody's going to call me out Mm -hmm. on it. And that's what needs to happen. And I like, you know, embarrassingly, I want that to happen. Like there's, you know, I, you know, I have friends here now that are concerned about me and there's, you know, I just didn't have that experience, but I didn't I didn't put in the work either. But it caused a doubt in like the whole setting where it's like, do they really care? You know? And you know, so I, I don't know if I'm going down the, like the right track. There, no, I think absolutely. I think again, like we, we've talked about the bigger things, you know? I mean, we've talked about those big moments of doubt that are created in our lives because of these, these big things that happen. And that has its place. It has its, it has its conversations. It, it's something that we absolutely have to hit on. But, but I would say, more than not, the things that keep us from taking those steps in our life that are going to create a deeper, more committed relationship with God or a deeper commitment to the church, right? And, and, and God's, like, what he's given us in that, you know, as, as followers of him, um, is is these small things like these like you say these times where we create this doubt ourselves because um because we're feeling sorry for ourselves we want to be the martyr we want to be the victim yes yeah. always mm-hmm. because you guys know this i'm seeing my life i'm experiencing i'm feeling my own feelings right and so i'm always going to be more gracious to me than I would ever be with you because Mm -hmm. all I'm seeing is the outside, the exterior. I don't know what's going on in your mind. You know, I'm, I see you do something wrong and I don't know that you're beating the crap out of yourself on the inside. All I'm seeing is that you did that and I'm thinking, what an idiot, Mm -hmm. you know, why would he do that? You know, or, or whatever, you know? And I, and I think we all do that. We are all guilty of doing that. But it's harder for me to do that as that relationship with you gets closer, right? Um, 
and we got to be careful about that because even in our marriages, right, we can we can take it to the next level where we do know this person, we love them, we know all these ins and outs of their their life, but then we start judging them because because well, if I was like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it like that. Yes. <laughs> and then it gets, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I know you had this time and this time, and we start to know all the all the ins and outs, and then we can get overly critical, you know. Mm. And so mm. there's a grace that even has to come in. It's the same grace we give ourselves. It's why he says when it comes to marriage, that you should love your wife as you love yourself. Mm. Would you give yourself grace in that moment? Every time. But I'm not giving you grace. I'm going to dog you until you know that you did the wrong thing. You're apologizing first. (laughs) So, no, I think that's... So what, like, what was... Is there a moment that you can point at and say, you know, here was a real turning point for me here was the conversation here was the realization here's where god really broke in and said wake up nelson um i mean think when i because when we first when i first moved up here we uh, shop churches i don't really know the correct term for it well that wouldn't be it well i'm gonna say it anyway (laughs) but anyway um, i've already told you you're wrong once and and I was I was wrong for telling you you were wrong, <laughs> so I'm not challenging you anymore. Well, you know, well, this is going to get interesting, <laughs> but um, I just I will never forget the f- first time the first Sunday I walked into this church. I immediately felt God here. I immediately felt family here. I could tell people were close, and part of that was you know Taylor knows a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt at peace when I walked in here the first mm-hmm. Sunday. And that was a huge feeling for me. And uh, I mean, we didn't go anywhere else. And I'm, you know, and I'm, you know, I am 100% comfortable. Well, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable inviting somebody to church because that's something I certainly struggle with. But if somebody's interested, I would not hesitate to say, come to Leesburg Church of Christ in any way. You know, when my family's up here, they've been here, they come up all the time and they're excited when they get to come to church mm-hmm. here. And that's, and, so that feeling when I walked through the threshold and was greeted and it was like, this is home and this is where I want to be. And this is where I want my kids to be involved. And I see the kid ministry and I see all the other kids and how they interact. And it's like, and then I have kids and it's like the outpouring of, of help and all those times is like, this is what it's about. And this is what, you know, I need to strive to be a bigger part of and to be a, you know, an asset to this body of believers. Yeah. You know, so that I mean, it wasn't a particular conversation with anybody specific. It was just, uh, you know, uh, it was a feeling. It was a, it was the spirit working at me when I walked in the door, saying like, "This is good." Yeah. You know, so sit down and be quiet and open your ears up, bud. <laughs> That's how I talk to myself. But <laughs> <laughs> can we call you Bud? If you, if you really need to, <laughs> <laughs> will you respond to it? Probably. Bud. <laughs> Um, so one of the, you know, we kind of already touched on it. Like the beauty of, um, farming is the almost total reliance on nature to provide the perfect opportunity for you to make, to make money. Hmm. So, it doesn't rain. No money. You're screwed. <laughs> I mean, you're screwed. 
there's insurance and things like that, but like those are things those are those are avenues that you don't want to have to walk. Like you just don't. Um there's so much, you know, just reliance on that nature and timely rains and you know the right conditions to do all this stuff and and I it creates this and like yearly creates this this time of just stress and doubt and Lord, are you going to come through? And like, if you don't, like, are we going to be okay? Like, and and here's what it's starting to shift to. So like dad's slowly phasing out and Brian and I are, are, are phasing in. And now here's the weight that's coming down now. Are you going to be the first stookie in like four generations to lose this whole thing? It's all rides on you. (laughs) (laughs) I've never in my, I mean, I have, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night before a big test and you're sweating and you're freaking out. Am I going to pass this thing? And you think when you're in high school, that is a big deal and you just don't know. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm not waking up, you know, like presidents who are trying, are, you know, are thinking about Russia and Ukraine and what if this thing goes to a head and then we have World War III? You know, I'm, those aren't my kind of problems. Okay, those aren't the problems that I have right now. But at this point in my life, those, those I mean, that's what I think. So I think, okay, am, is my family going to be okay? You know, are we going to be able to survive this? You know, are we going to lose all this? You know, what's that mean for mom and dad? What's that mean for Brian and Christina? What's that mean for our kids? What's that mean for Paul who wants to farm one day? Like what you see what I'm saying? Like it all just the weight of that just comes and it's, it's this doubt of God, are you really going to provide? And do I trust you that your provision is going to be okay? And the reality is a lot of times, no, no, it's not because your provision sometimes looks like bankrupt me, put me in a box, you know, living on a corner because I have no shelter, you know, but yet bring glory to your name. And I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not okay with that kind of provision. Yeah. Mm. But like, really, at the end of the day, where my head has to be is it a, is at a place that says... God, regardless of what you give me, like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to honor you and I'm going to bring glory to your name and I'm going to, I'm going to put my trust in you because I'm not living for this world. And I, that is a struggle for me that I face, you know, not, I mean, annually because of just the whole, the seasons that we go through, but like, that when I wake up in the middle of the night, those performance things, am I going to be good enough? And and again, the, the question, that the answer to that is is already no. But but again, you still, that's that's where my head goes is like, am I, am I going to be good? Am I going to be able to hold it together? Am I going to be able to grow it? Am I going to be able to, you know, are we going to be able to take the next step? Are we going to be able to, you know, it's always challenging that thing. And, and it's a constant recalibration of, it's not up to you. Mm-hmm. And the one that's in charge, the one who, who's got this at the end of the day, knows better 
And I have to lean into the fact that whatever he deals is the best thing, even though I can't see it because I never will see it. Um, and, and it's just a constant coming back to that place of, of peace that comes in that. And when I get it, like, you know, it's okay, but like every once in a while it just builds to that time where I'm just, I'm asking those same questions every time. It's amazing. I, I, what is that? The definition of insanity, doing the same thing, but expecting a different result. <laughs> is this true or a different result? Yeah, like I, I, as you're sitting here talking, like it just, I'm thinking like, I mean, we, we all fall in that in different aspects of our life, you know, and, you know, I'm not a farmer, but, and I have consistent moments in my life where I doubt God, you know, it's like, and it comes and then next thing you know, it's like, there God is. And, and and so then when I look back at all my victories in my life, he's always there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And some of those victories may not on earth look like victories, but eternally they're victories. You know, I, like we, we're, we wasn't going to talk. I'm not talking about it, but I'm just saying like losing my son to, to hear some, to hear me say that's a victory. Some people might think I'm crazy Yeah. in that moment, how much I doubted God. I'm telling you right now, I didn't think he existed. Right. But even in the most broken, shattered form of myself here on earth, God was still there. And it's just crazy to me that it's like, it's like, um, like we, uh, try to eat healthy or whatever. And then a couple months goes by and then we're like, well, no, why these jeans are tight? You know, you just make these excuses (laughs) and it's the same thing. It's like, why do you do this to yourself? Vicious cycle. Right. Like what? Like if, if, if times are good when your perspective is there, why do you, why do you deviate? You know, like why do you allow yourself to get to that point? And you know, the good thing is, is I'm not the only one after this discussion. (laughs) Well, and I think at the end of the day, like that's what we're trying to say. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like, because yes, it's a vicious cycle and yes, it's insanity to, to a degree, but here's the other side of it. Like every step of the way that I face that thing and I wake up the next morning, like restored to the place where I am focused on the fact that at the end of the day, God has this then I've created another level in myself because of God's grace and mercy and the foundation of him in my life to where I could face something that I could have never faced the day before. Mm -hmm. And as I build on that, what I'm seeing God build in me is a man who's more, more spiritually focused, a man who is wiser in the decisions that I make, a man who understands the business in a better way than I ever have a man who, who is confident in, in my position, in my place in this church, a man who understands the relationships that I have more, a man who's, who's learning how to be a better husband, a man who's learning how to be a better father, a man who's learning how to whatever it is. Okay. And it's for all of us. I'm not just saying this about myself. I'm saying this about all of us. Mm -hmm. Like we are better today than we were yesterday. If, and it goes back to what I said to you, if we just try mm-hmm. and yeah. I can look back just like you and say, I worried about this God and you came through right every stinking time. Mm-hmm. 
when am I going to wake up? Yeah. Probably never. Nope. But I'm going to keep trying. Yep. Try, try, try. Isn't that a song? I have no If idea. you just try. I don't know, but that was beautiful, Cody. Uh, I think my voice been, is going away. <laughs> been yelling at those girls too much. I, that's why it's going away. <laughs> it's def, It's going to be gone Sunday when the Bengals beat the Chiefs. Man, I I lost my voice at the Bengals game that we went to, and it still hasn't been a hundred percent. I know, and I still don't have feeling in my fingertips. So I had to stop screaming from the end of the one play to the beginning of the next when the Raiders had the ball. And just scream like the last little bit when they're trying to call the stuff at the line because like I had to preach the next day and I'm like, right. I'm, dude, I'm I'm done. Yep. There's no way yep. I'll be able to preach. And I still had kind of I was a little froggy that day. Yeah. So I was doubting whether I would be able to speak. I doubted. And the, the Lord provided. <laughs> yeah, I doubted the Bengals were going to win their first playoff game, and there God was. <laughs> Joey right. Burrow. We're, we're digressing. We, yeah, we rounded this one back. To the beginning, <laughs> Sorry, Dad. We had a really good thing going. Maybe we cut the last four minutes. Oh out. No. no, that's not how we do this. Yeah, I don't know how to do that, so it's going in. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's end this thing. Well, it's been a good talk. Yep, enjoyed it. Yep. I like it. We'll put Cody on the spot one more time. Oh yeah. I uh, I was going to tell you, I was like, I feel so spiritually led after this little thing that um, I won't be back in two more months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's end in a word of prayer here. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this avenue that we can uh, get together and discuss. Thank you for the motivation tonight to get together and discuss uh, the, the times that we do doubt and just, uh, to help to give us some relief to know that everyone has doubts and that it's a normal part of our growing uh, to be closer to you. Uh, be with us the rest of the week and help us to be more like you. In the name I pray. Amen. 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 And we'll see you. Bye-bye. Like, subscribe, share. Later. <laughs> <laughs>